0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: Coming up on today's show. The Jaguars got robbed before Christmas like the Grinch and Ice Cube in Friday after next.
2: We share the worst speeches we've ever heard after the Bills had a 2019 9-11 halftime speech go viral.
1: We also talk Pat Mahomes being fed up and Joe Flacco bawling out and the 49ers
2: looking unbeatable. All of this and much, much more on this highly criminal, plane hijacking, and borderline illegal episode of The Tomahawk Show.
3: I would be honored if you played football for this team. Me? Play football? Now most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. you got two more quarters, and after that, most of you will never play this game again.
1: Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Bowl's fun? Fun, sir. Fun, sir. It's fun. You sure? What's up, good people? Welcome back to the world famous Tomahawk show brought to you by the good people of Metal Media and the DraftKings Network. As always, I'm your humblest of all co-host, Andrew Hawkins. And if you have been living under the rock, um, that is the sports zeitgeist, and you don't know who my co-host is. He is a Tama portion of the show. Joe Thomas, uh, officially a pro football Hall of Famer, 10 times... Pro bowler. He never played in a playoff game ever in his career. Uh, but that does not mean he is not one of the best all-around
2: humans. Joe, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. And uh thankfully I've not been living under the rock either, yeah. because if you did, you'd be <laughs> squished. You could see how big he is. He's on my wall back here. Oh, maybe he's a little bit too man, high. I'm not sure if you can see it. Uh, but oh man, what a tremendous weekend. All sorts of fun football, and we got to see Bill Belichick actually acting like a human being for once. I didn't I like think it. He captured like millions and millions of fans. People that hated him saw him on College Game Day and were like, "Wow, this guy's really funny."
1: That that's that was the moment I knew he was done coaching. I'm like, okay, <laughs> if he's yes. showing personality, he's he's done. This is he might as well have went up there and announced his retirement like one of them uh, high schoolers picking their college <laughs> and putting a putting hat on. He should have just put a uh, a damn Kango on and said, I'm done. Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: him showing the personality <laughs> automatically means he's he's finished. Juju, I'm
4: wrong? <laughs> you didn't feel that? Right, you said the word Kango. Every time somebody said the word Kango, I'm laughing. Regardless, <laughs> no matter the context. Kango, Kango, salute.
1: All right, well, so if you've also been living under uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and you don't know, uh, the first lady of the Tomahawk show is Fat Nat Ph Three T's, as well as my dog. I'm gonna stop saying ATL, Shardy because you are way cross Georgia's favorite son. We are gonna get it. real specific on the Tomahawk show. You Juju Gotti in the building. How y'all doing today, man?
4: Trying to make it, man. Trying to trying to in the dark world. Trying to spread some positivity <laughs> and some light, man. You did me. What Juju. about you, Nat?
1: Juju is in studio. Nat, are you jealous? Be honest.
4: That's what I was gonna say.
0: I was like, I have major FOMO right now. I yeah. want to be there.
1: All right. Well, look, if you uh, are just tuning in, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. You can check our video version out on the Lebertard Show's YouTube page, as well as see us on the DraftKings Network at 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. I don't ever think about this being a TV show, Joe, but technically this is a TV show. So congratulations to you. I don't know if you tell people that you have your own TV show, do you?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I actually had a contractor who's like in his mid 70s. He has a flip phone. So Uh we understand like the technological ability of this man. Mm -hmm. He came over and swapped out a stovetop piece for me. Did a great job. And as I'm talking to him on the phone, I shit you not, he told me that he saw our show on Roku as he was just flipping through one night, he was watching it, and you? it took him several phone conversations <laughs> with me to realize that he is one of our biggest fans. He is in the Tom of Flock. and uh, yes. that's when I realized this thing has gone international. It's gone beyond Ohio. It's gone beyond America. This is crazy. The addition of Juju Gotti has brought us worldwide-renowned celebrity <laughs> status with guys that swap out, stovetop, <laughs> Appliances in Cross Plains, Wisconsin. Shout
1: out to uh, Cross Plains, (laughs) Wisconsin. I think uh, so. Juju has a a Christmas sweater party to go to tonight, and this is the Christmas sweater that he's wearing. You feel me? Black T-shirt.
2: This is this is his Mm. his festive look. Um, oh, me right the now. guns are okay, looking good, are. though, man. He he definitely hit the gym this morning with some bicep curls. <laughs> nah, that's, that's
4: another thing. I ain't been to the gym since that Thursday, so you put a little mm. respect on that, too. Put the, some respect. on looking Damn. like that without nothing. Us that. All
1: put, put some respect hey, on that everlasting pump that Juju got you <laughs> bringing in <laughs> to the <laughs> studio. All right, let's get this started with some, some time of headlines. There's a, a headline specifically that I can't wait to get into because I think me and Joe might have a story here. Not quite mm. to this level, but this shit is crazy. Right. So ex-Jaguars existent. Uh, Executive was accused of stealing $22 million from the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Uh, His name is Amit Patel, and essentially he was in charge of the franchise's credit card program, corporate credit card program. And he was charging everything you can imagine: condos, cars, (laughs) cryptocurrency. He was gambling. He bought a $95,000 watch. He what else? He was doing private flights for him and his friends trips, a bunch of illegal monetary transactions. And they finally caught up with him. I don't even know where to start this. I don't like how does how does this happen in twenty twenty three for a professional football team, Joe?
2: So I'm wondering what the limit is on his credit card where they like call somebody and say, hey, did you really want to make this? $250,000 charge for a private (laughs) flight. Like that's not even possible in most worlds that I live in, at least like if you're going to expense something over five or $10,000, like you're getting a call immediately. And a lot of times the other company that's charging it won't even allow it because usually they're going to probably charge an extra 3%. If, if. They even consider it because typically, if you're going to charge something that big on your credit card and you're okay with a three percent charge, it's probably fraud because it's probably not your money. So there is so many red flags in this; it's pretty outrageous. But um, I liked how you set it up because you said you had a story. So is this where you admit that you stole sixteen million dollars from the Browns? <laughs> so,
1: yeah, that was that was easy. I did that one with no mask. That was a that was a simple one. That was just free it was legal, agency, baby. Legalized <laughs> stealing. Shout out to, shout out to. Me me. I, Juju, <laughs> did this surprise you at all? Be yeah, honest.
4: this surprised Why? me. Why? Because, uh, we keeping it real go around, bro, you gotta at least put a little bit of flavor on your lies. Like, how you gonna <laughs> spend $250 my, at a time? My
1: guess is that he was also the one that gets the call when yeah. they, like, check the transactions. Oh. And so what he was doing from what I read, what he was doing is he was like masking how the transactions went into the ledger or whatever it is yeah. as like routine... Things for the organization, so nobody ever cut on, and he is the one What's that a checks it off.
4: I don't know, man. Helmets? I know. He, bought,
1: <laughs> he bought jerseys. I don't. I don't know. Now um,
4: <laughs> he buying pews for the church. Yeah, yeah. Matter of
1: fact, Joe. So this is this is a story. This is fraud in sports. This happens. I would imagine there's going to be some kind of a documentary here yeah. at some point, whether it's on Untold or. I feel like nowadays those documentaries about fraud are the only ones that people watch. And then we all talk about it on social media. So I'm excited for this. But when we were with the with the Browns, Joe, I can't remember the exact story, but wasn't, wasn't there an employee selling fake Louis Vuitton bags I players? I thought it was one of
2: the players, actually. I don't think it was one of the players. I think he was selling it to players. Uh, the story that I remember, it was one of the, like, maybe second or third tight ends or fullbacks. The guy, you know, that's – constantly going from the practice squad to the active roster and back and forth. Um, From what I remember is he had a boy in New York City that was buying like a bulk amount of this stuff and then bringing it into the locker room. And then this player was pretending that it was like used <laughs> stuff that came from his family, but it was in really good condition. And so he was selling it for, you know, four or 500 bucks instead of four or $5,000. And so all these dudes thought they were getting a great deal. Um, and if anybody's ever gone to New York City or maybe gone to a different country and gone to like those uh, fake markets that sell all the knockoff stuff, oh, yeah. sometimes you can actually get some pretty decent Man. name brand like Louis, um, right. Gucci, that type of stuff. It actually looks pretty similar. It's got the big zippers on and everything. Not that I'm into that world. I don't spend that type of money on purses and things of that nature, uh although my wife does, so I get to see the bills for it. You got to make um, sure that but, G
4: is a G cuz sometimes you yeah, some exactly Gucci purses. And you That's right. Uh, Gucci,
2: Gucci purses are my favorite. They're really cheaper. Uh but yeah, there was a player. I'm Pretty sure they found out about it and they obviously didn't want no. anybody coming in and killing him. So they <laughs> cut him immediately think- and kicked him to the curb and got him out of town before there was any sort of violence that would have happened in the locker room. Cause I can imagine these dudes are probably a little upset if they're spending five-six hundred bucks and what they're getting is like a fifty dollar Fuchi wallet. As
1: you're telling the story, here's here's how your story has flaws, Joe. And this is how I'm like even more confident.
2: By the way, this is your story. I know, I know. But just the is the
1: like you're, I feel like we we had a shared experience here because it was my first year at the Browns, I think, sure. or it might have been either the year before I came and or that's right That's when after. you were just being
2: a dick to everybody. And I was so just like, not, I
1: didn't want to beat. I didn't like you specifically. And so I'm watching a bunch <laughs> oh, of other things changed. to occupy my time. But the reason why that has flaws is because if it was a player doing it, like we're too smart. That seems too regular. Like right. a young player who's trying to make a couple h- h- Extra hundred bucks yeah. is normal. They do stupid stuff, and I'm like, dude, I'm not buying no. If I want to get an <laughs> LV bag, I'm not getting it from you. I don't trust you, young player who's <laughs> bouncing around team to team. But if it is an employee, mm. I, I can see where that feels a little bit more like, right. oh, this might be le- legit because who would come in here right. and sell audacity? Who would have the audacity? <laughs> so we got we're gonna dig a little deep, but I'm I am almost positive. <laughs> That it was somebody, or it might have been a
2: media person, somebody who had media access. Person. You would have trusted the Browns' media people to sell <laughs> you Louis Vuitton bags. Hey, now you're are your, your not story that has holes has a <laughs> lot of holes in it because. First of all, you're saying this that there is... wasn't any dumb players on the Browns when we were there <laughs> that would have fallen for another player selling them Fouy Vuitton books yeah. and watches and shit like that? Not fully, uh, no. or, or you would have bought it from a media member? That's even worse. <laughs>
0: Hawk, Hawk probably has a closet full of these like Gluey Vuitton things <laughs> that he bought from this Browns person. <laughs>
1: Okay. Maybe it was him. Plot it, twist. It was trying me. Trying to tap dance around it, but it was really hard. Plot <laughs> twist. It was me selling the bags. I oh, made a crazy man. come up. I did have oh, one on. fake uh, Louis Vuitton bag that lasted me like twelve years.
4: Hey. <laughs> like I bought it
1: when I played in the CFL. Yeah. And then when I got to the league, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep it. And then I remember Reggie Nelson, who was a starting free safety for the Bengals. Florida. Hit, oh yeah. F- yep. University of Florida. His locker was right by mine, and he had the real version. Ah. Oh. And we sat there all day. Going like you know, doing the compare, and he really? was like, "Bruh, I'm so mad that I paid two thousand six hundred dollars more than you, yeah, because I think this <laughs> yours is just one that fell off the truck. Because I can't mm-hmm. see the difference. And from then on, I kept it. It actually the zipper broke like two years ago, so RIP to wow. that um that that Louis <laughs> Vuitton. But yeah, fraud, fraud in at NFL stadiums is is wild. Other things that are wild are terrible pregame speeches mm. all right this is a this is this is a nutty one another nutty time headline this is uh, sean mcdermott head coach of the buffalo bills it came out that in 2019 he was telling a speech to his team to motivate them and the reference he cited was the 9-11 hijackers that as a group of people they were able to get on the same page and that's what their team needed to do which is wild style um, for a, a ton of reasons <laughs> And I just, I, I, we need reactions, Joe. We'll start with you as always. Sean McDermott referencing hijackers working together on nine 11 as a way to motivate his team.
2: Where does that rank for you? As far as the worst speeches you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) Mm, I've heard a lot of bad ones, but this is up there. Um, I can't imagine how he could have put any thought into giving a pregame speech to his team. If he thought that this was the appropriate speech to go with and the appropriate reference to guys just doing a great job with teamwork to accomplish a (laughs) common goal. Um, If I was sitting there, I would have been shocked and probably maybe talked to the coach after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the larger problem is a lot of times, first time head coaches, especially, they think that every game needs like this giant, big rah-rah speech to get the guys going. And so a lot of coaches, because I had a lot of first time coaches in Cleveland, they put a specific part in the schedule for them to give this like fire and brimstone speech. And they don't realize that like, if the season doesn't go very well, especially the first half and like you're still up there firing away at these crazy passionate pregame speeches, people have turned you out and now you're starting to lose trust with your locker room because they don't want to hear your (laughs) fake enthusiasm and your fake bullshit about how fired up you are about this game. Like I, appreciate a lot of veteran coaches and their method. Like Kyle Shanahan was much more of a, hey, on Friday I'm going to give you the hype up speech as I'm watching the film of us practicing this week and as we're talking about our openers looking towards the opponent we're going to play against and I'm going to pump you up. I'm going to pump those tires to make you feel like You're Superman, and you're going to walk into that stadium, and we're going to boat race this other team by 30 points because you're so well prepared. Our game plan is so tight. And I'm going to show you on film why you can execute our game plan and kick this team's ass. And then on game day, like, just let the dudes be in their own space. Like, if they need a couple – you know words of wisdom yeah after you saw him maybe out there during the warmups, then it's called for but you should never have to always feel like you're obligated to give a pregame speech with all this emotion because when keeping it real goes wrong it goes very wrong as yeah. we've seen here with Sean McDermott referencing the old 9-11 hijackers as a great team I mean honestly I can't think of a worse speech I'm trying to think of like what would
1: be the worst version of a speech, Juju, you got to think. What would be a worse speech?
4: There's no worse speech than this. It's <laughs> like saying, you know who had a confidence? John Wills' booth when he stepped into that booth with uh, Abraham. Like, no, brother. This is a prime example. While I say, Sean McDermott is not the leader of men to lead the Buffalo Bills to this championship that they need, brother. There's
1: so many reasons that this, <laughs> if this was football Illuminati, I would tell you that this, just like... Bill Belichick being on college game day and showing personality means he's done. This report coming out from four years ago means somebody's (laughs) had this in the chamber waiting to be like, hey, man, it's time to move. We got to start to turn the tide on this dude. Here's a good story. We'll start with this. This will do it absolutely everybody just like juju was like i'm out on sean mcdermott
4: mm-hmm. you know the other one they decided to build another stadium in buffalo instead of building a dome get his head checked bro get his tank head <laughs> ass up out of here man
2: wow. hey guys he coaches for a team in new york the buffalo bills are buffalo, wild, new bro. york right. like, not only is it just a bad reference right. for anybody that is <laughs> like in that. north america but your team is in new york like, this this is just tragedy written all over it for everybody involved. Literally, this is hey. literally, L- literally tragedy written literally all over this. <laughs> and <laughs> what what do we think? The chances are it was Ken Dorsey that released it. I mean, the timing is <laughs> oh, kind of added shit. up there. He's been Football
1: Illuminati. That is mm-hmm. that is exactly. Who gave that? You want okay? I got something for you. You want to fire me mid-season, buddy boy? Hey, right. buddy boy. Let's start there. Let's start there. All right. So we got to wrap this segment really quick, but I do want to give a shout out to some of the worst pregame speeches or, or speeches I've h- ever heard. Mm-hmm. Joe, do you remember when uh, Stipe, the MMA fighter, came and talked yep. to the team, and he was yes. so nervous, very I, nervous. I mean, it, it was like a six-year-old was talking, but nobody <laughs> would say or laugh because they'd be like, "Yo, he's going to kick our ass right. if we say anything." <laughs> by far one of, one of the worst speeches I've ever heard. The other one Damn. was when I signed with New England in an off season, and this is 2017, and I'm like, I, I actually retired from New England before the season even started, because I'm like, do I really want to do this? This is like, this place kind of sucks, just in general, my <laughs> knees are hurting real bad. And it was Memorial Day weekend, and Belichick brought in um, a guest speaker who I believe he either was in the Marines or, you know, a military guy for sure, because that's Bella Belichick style. Man. And in his speech, you know, I'm one of the new guys. Uh, Brandon Cooks is one of the new guys. Mm. And Brandon Cooks is on the other side of the room. And in his speech, he's talking about Memorial Day. And this is like right around the time Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff was going on in the league. And he ventures the speech into basically like how slavery was good for black people, to get to this country, and then no matter how you got here, you should be. Ha- mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking around the room like, Yo, what the fuck is this dude talking about? And nobody was batting an eye except <laughs> Brandon Cooks. We look at each other from across the room like, Yo, where the hell are we at? And I'm like, Yeah, this this ain't uh, gonna work Foxborough.
3: for me. <laughs> ain't,
1: I'm I'm good on this, and I retired shortly after. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some more top of headlines.
0: Got the <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. Uh, One time a headline we didn't get into that I just want to get people's opinion on. Um, How do you pronounce his name? Shohei Otani? Yeah.
4: Shohei. Shohei? Yes, sir.
1: Shohei Otani. He signed a $700 million contract, fully guaranteed, 10 years with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think everybody's just stomach turned a little bit when you hear those kind of numbers to play a sport. Joe, do you feel like you played the wrong sport? And if so, is there anything you could have done about it? Because I don't think you'd be a very good baseball player.
2: No, I was not a very good baseball player. I quit yeah. when I was about 12 because I wanted to fish more in the summer. Ooh, I was uh, tired of wearing those uncomfortable polyester pants <laughs> and uh, missing all my time on the water. So I got rid of that and started playing AU basketball, which actually probably was uh, more helpful than anything else I did growing up for my football career because it you know helped with your explosion and helped your quickness and uh-huh. um, made sure that you didn't turn into a non-athlete, which is what happens when you get bump to the offensive line Uh, any sooner than I ended up becoming a non-athlete once I was a full-time offensive lineman in college. So uh, it was the best decision for me. However, if I could hit two home runs against major league pitchers and throw a shutout, I wish that I would have picked baseball because apparently – they're paying $70 million a year for that quality. Everybody on Twitter was
1: talking about teaching their kids to play baseball. And I'm like, mm, your kid probably doesn't have the genetics for that,
2: to be honest with you. But this hey, is the first human in history that has been had able it. to do this. It's so just. I like, want to
4: talk about Joe being 10 years old, missing his time on the water.
2: Right. right. <laughs> yeah, of because of
4: the <laughs>
1: pants. Joe Looking had the worst off. fitting pants of any football player I've ever oh, yeah. seen in the NFL. Like, it was, it was like it's hard to like recognize somebody's pants in the NFL yeah Joe would wear literally baseball it's, it's ironic because he his pants fit like a baseball player
2: while it. he was playing in the NFL
4: I'm gonna Google my boy you should
2: I wore ninja pants because the ninja is the sneakiest creature in the uh in in the world and uh I wanted to be sneaky and smooth on the football field couldn't have any restrictions below the belt yep. wanted to make sure that uh yeah. as stiff and old as i was getting that the <laughs> pants were never going to become a problem for yeah. me uh oh, and just, i just and i also didn't mind people laughing at me yeah but clearly. i'm
1: a ken Griffey jr's <laughs> yeah <does>. oh yeah <laughs> we gotta put that put that picture <laughs> up on social yeah, media yeah we need that
2: picture for sure because danny shelton be baseball Uh, Danny Shelton was my teammate uh, my last year there. Uh, I think, did you play with Danny? I did. Danny was a
1: 2015 draft pick to the Browns. Mm -hmm. He was roughly, no exaggeration, probably 380?
2: Yeah, he was a very large man, and, uh-huh. and being Polynesian, not, not to stereotype Polynesians, nope. but they have very thick lower halves, yep, very, very good dude, squatters. For sure. um, I actually wore a bigger pair of pants, size-wise, That's crazy. than Danny Shelton. Oh, I really? think I was like a 62 wow. or something like that, and he was like a 58. Like, yeah, I had to put special, know. sticky, uh, like material on the inside of my waistband so that they didn't fall down um whereas nobody else had that problem all right joe for for the
1: group when everybody will get a chance at this question is there anything you wouldn't do for 700 million dollars
4: mm.
2: me yes. uh no Over i think that's period? that's the number that buys me anything yeah okay and buys me to do anything <laughs> we'll go around the room here nat 700 million are you all in
0: Eight. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't hijack a plane, but anything else? Oh,
1: no, yes. I like that. I like that.
0: <laughs>
4: oh, I'm hijacking that. that plane. I won't slap <laughs> my mama though. I would not but with my mama involved. I can't do
2: it. Oh Anything man.
4: outside of that, seven hundred. I feel like
2: uh, you know, gross violence and things of that nature yeah. are excluded, right? Because if I, if you're gonna I get, I get the money, money but you're gonna be locked up I ain't lie to <laughs> gross like, me. of course that. that I know. I
1: know people that do it for a lot less, right? Um, a giro. Slap my mom. I love my mom to death. I love my like. Oh no, rock.
2: How many how many times would you slap her? Seven hundred mil?
4: Come here. Oh my gosh.
1: She gonna have to I'm I'm gonna get her the biggest house. The big like she gonna have her own PJ. She gonna
4: have a handprint.
1: But don't
4: yeah, be down. I don't, hey,
1: but seven hundred million, this is for all of us. This is generational wealth that we can't pass up. Wish I could also hit home runs and Pitch no no hitters to make it a lot easier on everybody. Let's get into some uh, run-pass option here. All right, a run-pass option. Nat will read a topic, and she will give Joe and I, Joe or I, the option to either run with it or pass on it. And I'm looking at the rundown, and I have a feeling Joe is going to run with this one. Nat, the floor is yours.
0: Okay. So Joe Flacco is doing the unthinkable after just chilling at home for 10 months, he came out and threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Jaguars. He actually became the first Browns QB with three touchdown passes of 30 yards or more in a single game since Brian site. Whoever that is in 1980. Mm-hmm. A <laughs> uh, couple mm-hmm. questions. How is this possible? How could the Jets not give him a call? And does it make all these mediocre backups look even worse when he can step in and do this? Joe, run or pass?
2: I'm going to run on this one uh, because January, Joe Flacco has been the best Browns quarterback this entire season. Mm. I know Deshaun Watson had a couple good games, but the two games that Joe Flacco has played for the Browns thus far have been the best performances that we've seen from a Browns quarterback this year. Mm. And it doesn't really surprise me all that much, to be totally (laughs) honest. The Browns offense is very good. Kevin Savansky is a very good offensive coordinator. They got tons of weapons, Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, David Njoku. They got a good running game because they got this good offensive line. Uh, Kareem Hunt's running hard for Mm him. But if you look back to the Jets last year, when Joe Flacco was there, he actually played really well. And I think people overlook it a little bit because our boy, um, Mike LaFleur was the offensive coordinator. He got fired, uh, which was not fair, because it was all about the crappy performance of Zach Wilson and bringing in Aaron Rodgers' guy from Denver who just got fired out there as the head coach. What's his name? I forget what his name was. Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, sir. It was all about bringing in Nathaniel Hackett (laughs) and they knew that Aaron Rodgers was his guy. And so our guy, Mike LaFleur, got canned. And I think everybody forgot that he did a really good job with those quarterbacks, not named Zach Wilson last year. And, you know, he sort of got the boot unfairly. And I think part of that caused us to forget that joe flacco played good ball when he was out there and he's got way more weapons now with the browns and so this is not surprising whatsoever january joe flacco mm. might take the browns on a little bit of a super bowl run this Yay. year I, i'm okay. just saying you heard it here first
1: i said this on social media and i'm going to run with this as well Nat. if joe flacco takes the browns to the super bowl yeah i will personally see to it that he he has a bust in canton
4: Personally, personally, wow! Breaking personally, home. like and you I,
2: have. I love how you you you've you made a up. statement. You have no ability to follow through on.
1: You're right. out of your goddamn mind. I, I will. Would, you see yeah. that bus in the background of Joe Thomas right there. You see that. I will break into his house, yeah. Ocean's Eleven style. <laughs> I will get that. I will melt that shit down. Yeah. Sculpt Joe Flacco in it myself. Go yeah. undercover in the cat and literally replace where Joe Thomas is in there with a Joe Flacco bus. I okay. promise
4: you. I'd never want the Browns it. winning win a Super Bowl more than now yes. this year. I'm going to book
1: And he does look good. See, that's the thing. Like, in the motivating of a quarterback, like when you're on that offensive side and you have someone that you feel like can actually push it down the field and actually give you a chance, yeah. it raises the play of everybody else. So he has looked great. And I would even say yeah. he's arguably, in the two games he's played, he has m- maybe played the best of any quarterback since the Browns have come back to Cleveland.
4: Right. You're right. Mm. I'm surprised you ain't wow. said you would do that in, in a thong. Because you yeah. know you yeah, like I doing was, stuff in thongs. I'll do it. I mean, why not? <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah, I was going to gonna
1: wear that anyway. I just didn't want to make that a part of the deal. That is that is what I wear when I go on Ocean's Eleven Heist. Nice. Matt, what, we have? what do we have next?
0: Okay, so Pat Mahomes is fed up after the Chiefs had a potential game-winning touchdown called Mm. back because Kadarius Toney lined up in the neutral zone. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes was seen going ballistic on the refs at the end of the game, and we really rarely see him lose his composure like that, and it feels Mm. like he was venting about more than just the refs. Did the Chiefs get a little too cocky relying on their QB skills and not addressing the receiver position around him? Hawk runner pass. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna run with this one. Short answer: yes. Uh, Anecdote: My son kept saying, "I just want to hear him yelling." I've never heard him <laughs> yell and be that mad, especially with his voice.
4: Yeah.
1: And I'm the, I, Then it was like all I could think about because he does have that, like, you know, that Kermit. You know that there's people <laughs> with a Kermit-like voice, like a frog voice, and he is the goat. Frog voice. There's a couple people. There it yeah. is um, Givion, who is a oh, singer. Yeah. Yes, sir. S- uh, uh, Samfa, is that his, he, yeah. him? Yeah. Two Chains kind of has a frog voice a going. Bit. If you squint. If you squint, there's a, you know. Yeah. Two Chains. I hear it. It's, it's, it's there. I'm trying to think who else there's Patrick Mahomes and Lil Yachty is another one.
2: He's yeah, got a and, frog.
4: Oh uh, coach Orgeron. I don't know if that's an old frog. That's a yeah, big frog. Yeah, that's
2: a that's a broader. <laughs> that's a wrestling thing. frog.
4: He's been wrestling I, since. I the was 70s. just
2: gonna mention that, Juju. Like <laughs> the more Patrick Mahomes is getting fired up and using that Kermit the Frog voice, the more he's starting to sound like Ed Orgeron, which makes sense. You know, as you get older and you you're yelling more, your vocal cords they get a little bit hardened and seasoned, and you start getting a little bit of a lower uh voice. And I think that southern Twang that he's got with the Kermit the Frog, he started to sound a lot like Ed Orgeron.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I'm with him. I, I agree that the call shouldn't have been made. And I know we can get into a deep discussion on this. Here's why because typically you get a warning. Now, I would, yeah, there's two, like if I'm the receiver coach, and I do think there is an issue with the Chiefs of not having Eric be in to me there. Because everything you've heard about Eric being to is that he's this hard ass. He yells at everybody. Yeah. But Joe, you know this. When you're in those locker rooms, a lot of offenses need that. You need that attention to detail. Right. You need someone to hold you accountable. And when you watch the receivers for the Chiefs play this season, they have not lived up to that. And it feels like because there isn't body, any isn't anybody over top of the offense mm-hmm. who is making sure that that detail is there. And that's where this Kadarius Tony situation happens. Right. So typically a receiver goes on the field, and every time you line up, if you're on the ball, you know to check with the ref. Yeah. And even if you don't even listen to the ref, you give him your hand, and then you look back at the ball, and they will yell to you, hey, 19, back up some, right, right, back right. up some, or you're good. And if anything else, you've established I'm on the line of scrimmage, yeah. right? Kadarius Tony doesn't do that. Mm. But even if that happens, a ref will typically give a warning, say, hey, number 19, right. yo, You got to check with me. You you were were past the ball. I've been in scenarios like that myself. So if I'm in that room, I am yelling at the refs because that is bullshit. It's ticky-tack, and it's, yes, you're a little bit over the ball, like, you know, five to six inches, but that just typically doesn't get called. But if I'm also the receiver coach, I'm on Kadarius Tony's ass because that is a problem with Mm. the detail, and that's why we've had so many issues because – you guys aren't going through the process of being a professional football player. That should never happen, especially on a play. That is for you. Right. You can't get so excited <laughs> in the moment to not go through the level of detail that it takes to be a professional wide receiver.
4: Right, right. And you're adding all the drops they've been having. It's That's like it. it. adds it's it. to the goofball professionalism. It's been tough. Exemplified. It's
1: been a tough year. Yes, Joe, sir. you talked about the, the, the head nod from the center. The Browns center got called, I think, back-to-back weeks or warned. For the head nod where, you you know, yeah, you're yeah. trying to get the defense to jump and then act like you don't know what you're doing. But right. he didn't get a warning and it cost the Browns in a, in, a, in a touchdown drive a week ago. And you had some thoughts on that, Joe.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, you know, as you're getting close to maybe getting a penalty, because these are really gray area type rules. Uh, the head bob from the center is something that we've always done. And this year they were trying to crack down on it a little bit. From the nfl standpoint so that it wasn't going to be used potentially mm-hmm. as some type of a weapon to try to get the defense to jump off sides and for the most part the center kind of does the same thing when he's using that silent cadence and he's picking his head up and he's bobbing his head and if it's seems to be a problem the ref will tell him hey the head bob seems to be a problem you need to just tone it down a little bit and typically they'll they'll make it more of a warning and then if you don't tone it down then they'll throw the flag um, but I do think there is a level of egregiousness in all of these penalties that if you line up way off sides, the ref has no choice but to just throw it without giving you a penalty, especially if you don't look to him and give him the thumbs up like, hey, you see me? How am I doing? Mm-hmm. And he'll go right. like this. Back I feel like
4: the referee was like, yo, yo. <laughs> he was like, he ain't it flat then. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's one of those things. I I think if you're in that gray area within, you know, an inch or two of the line of scrimmage, same thing with tackles. If you're just a little bit too far back, they'll tell you to back or or Mm -hmm. get closer to the line of scrimmage. But if you're like a foot and a half off, like they're just going to throw the flag right away because you're gaining an advantage by being so far off the line. If you're a tackle or if you're making a huge head bob and the defense jumps, of course it's going to be on the, on the center. Or if you line up way too far forward (laughs) as a receiver and you're off sides. The argument that, well, it really doesn't have any effect on the play, but eventually it's going to have an effect if you line up so far uh, into the defense that now you're gaining an extra yard over where the rest of the receivers are. So you have to have some gray area that I think the ref can work with you on. But outside of that, if you're egregiously offsides one way or the other, they just have to throw the flag right away.
4: Right. Salute to Twitter, too. They've been memeing my boy. They've been putting him by the goal line. <laughs> and you about to say hi. Everybody on Twitter, y'all funny, man. Salute.
1: Everybody, they, they robbed us of maybe the best offensive play we've seen this decade. And hey, that's a travesty. That Oof, is absolute travesty. I'm going to read this last one because I'm going to give this to Nat first. The 49ers are legitimately terrifying. Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey ran for 145 yards. Brandon Iyuk went for 126. Debo Samuel went for 149. Kittle went for 76. The 49ers are a death machine on offense, and as they rolled the Seahawks, the defense was also doing their part. If the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl with this team, is Kyle Shanahan simply cursed, Nat? Run or pass?
0: Ron, I'm gonna say yes. He's cursed, and the entirety of San Francisco is cursed. Santa Clara, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we, we are cursed if we don't win this year. Like, the, I I haven't seen our team this good in in a minute. I mean, we've we've been good, but like this is an on another level, and I just don't see. I don't see us not taking it all the way. Mm. Hey, I if the Browns win, I'm fine with that. That's right. the only that's the only alternative I'll take, but we need to win this and yes, <sighs> Shanahan's cursed if we don't.
1: They are very very good, Joe. Like we we used to play a game on here on the Tomahawk show because we were such believers in Shanahan who was our office coordinator in 2014 and we all had our best years that year that every time we mentioned his name, we would drink. So every every time Kyle Shanahan's mentioned, drink. We have to everyone takes a drink because we mentioned him that much and then by the end of the show everybody would be filthy drunk. <laughs> um Kyle Shanahan has this organization rolling. They definitely are the best team in football and it doesn't even seem close. When they're at full health, Debos in the lineup, they got Chase Young now. It, it, they've put a lot of pressure on themselves, Joe. So now it's like turning because everybody is in consensus. Yo, this team is it. This yeah. is the Super Bowl favorite. Is there going to be some fallout if that doesn't happen, Joe?
2: I think the fallout might be honestly at the quarterback position because I think Brock Purdy's good. And I know he's right now he's leading, the favorite. He's like an MVP to win favorite. For the NFL MVP. <laughs> However, he just hasn't proven a single time yet to be able to be that guy that can come back in the fourth quarter, in the two-minute drill, and get whatever they need to come and win the game for him. Like, there's such a good team everywhere else that he's never been put in that situation. So he always gets what the play is is called for and what the defense gives them, Mm -hmm. which is great. That's all you need to do right now. But to make a long playoff run, eventually you're going to have to do that impossible feat yeah. where it's a minute and 15 left that we've yep. seen tom brady do we've seen peyton manning do we've seen patrick mahomes do we've seen a dak prescott do and we just haven't oh, seen brock oh, purdy do Dave it yet prescott. and i'm not ready to say <laughs> at this point that brock purdy is one of the top five elite quarterbacks in the nfl and hey maybe they're such a great team they're not going to need it on a super bowl run but i still believe By and large, most Super Bowl runs, you need a quarterback to be able to make two incredible late fourth quarter, two minute drives to go win you games to be able to give you the ability to go win that Super Bowl.
1: See, this is why we're the official podcast of Cal Shanahan because the man can do no (laughs) wrong. Like, he just, just, Joe just flipped the MVP, the leading MVP candidate on his head. Called him a yeah, bum.
4: Right. Nope, Called him a Kyle. bum
1: just in case. <laughs> just in case Kyle doesn't pull it out. Our right. dog Cal Shanahan. That's why we are the official podcast of Cal Shanahan followers across the country. Joe, I will give you a little bit of uh reminiscing on Brock Purdy, who I agree, I think that he has incredible weapons. He has literally positionless all pros everywhere around him. Right. So that helps. He can yeah. throw a deacon dunk pass to any one of those three names we mentioned. And they take it the distance,
4: and they can run it this way and be good, and
1: be good. <laughs> and they can just run the football, they can pass it or whatever. But when they played the Browns, and he had a terrible game versus mm-hmm. the Browns, and they needed a final drive, Talk about he it. actually did do exactly what you talked about: go down the field and put him in position to score. And their kicker missed it. All right, Moody. That being said, go down the
2: field and score a touchdown. Then you don't have to worry about didn't the make it easy, <laughs> right? Just, <laughs> that's what no Tom incompletions have done.
1: If he would have just threw for 600, it would have been a lot easier. I'm with you. I'm with you as the official podcast of Cal Shanahan. Before we take a quick break, Super Bowl picks right now. I think early in the season I picked 49ers-Dolphins. It still has some legs to it. I think Dolphins are like in first place if they win this week still in the AFC, so that still looks good. Joe, did you pick the 49ers and the Browns? Uh, Sounds yeah, right. let's go with
2: it. Yeah, let's and go it with that. It seems like it's a pretty good pick at this point. Yeah, so yeah I'm okay with roll with that.
1: I don't mind that. All right. So are you still feel good about that? Yeah, I like that. All right. So I'm going to stick with my pick. Nat, who did you pick? And if you didn't, who are you picking?
0: I don't remember who I picked, but I have to go Browns 49ers. Browns I, 49ers. I
1: okay. I like that. We got two Browns votes for the Super Bowl. Our listeners are going <laughs> to love that. I'm not maybe in a week. If I see Joe Flacco another two weeks, be the Joe Flacco that we've seen in his contract year when he was Trying to hold the the Ravens hostage for another for a big deal, <laughs> then I'm all for it. Juju, who you got? Who's in the Super Bowl this year?
4: Look, I like all the love, and I, I agree. If San Francisco don't win Super Bowl, Uncle Ben gonna be mad at them. San Francisco treat uh, the rice and <laughs> Is it a full house cast? Uh, little Michelle Geller. But I got the Bills and the Eagles because I my these colors don't run. And it's, except uh, their uh, two colors, so Eagles got their ass kicked this week, man. Yeah, man. Eagles did, did not look too good. So look, <laughs> the Eagles ain't look. Look, you know what else didn't look good? The, when Noah put the ark up, it was looking bad for everybody. <laughs> but he told you two animals apiece, guys, and he made it work. Yeah. So I think there's two animals apiece, Bills. Well, we're gonna make it work. Your, your take
1: smells, I'm sure, like the ark did after about three weeks with two of each animal on there and, and, and no air filtration system. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna grade some of the sports takes that we've saw throughout the week. Welcome back to the Tomahawk show. We're going to get into one of our favorite segments, Grade to Take. In this segment, we take takes, whether that's on social media or on shows, quotes that people have said in interviews, and we grade what we feel uh, their perspective should get, but also we give our opinion, which is the most important thing here on the Tomahawk show. We're going to have Nat read them, as always, as the resident reader and, and first lady of the Tomahawk show. And we should probably point this into somebody's direction. I'll go first because I have the mic, and I always mm-hmm. let Joe go first. All right, Nat, what we got?
0: Okay, so Skip Bayless on Undisputed this morning after the Cowboys' 33-13 win over the Eagles said, this is the best Dallas Cowboys team in history. Cap. Great update. Zero.
1: <laughs> that is uh, F-. minus. You can't, like, they are teams, and I wasn't even that old for it. It was like, what, 92, 90? 90. They had right. Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, <laughs> the all-time leading rusher in NFL history, Troy Aikman, Deion Sanders. These are people we still talk about on a daily basis now. Right, David, so to say no. this, that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> this is They had J- Jimmy Johnson as head coach, oh Hall God. of Fame. Like, this doesn't make any – this is a F-minus – Uh, repeat the grade and come to summer school joe what do you think is this the best dallas cowboys team ever
2: i am fully on board with never grading any takes from skip bayless because the only thing (laughs) that he says he just tries to be as outrageous and ridiculous as possible yeah and then have that stupid look on his face like he actually believes it and he's made almost more millions than that baseball guy Mm -hmm. being able to just make up bullshit that he did can't possibly guy. believe uh and so i'm not really even going to talk about it because it's uh, outrageous and you already said oh. everything that you need to know about it Yeah. outside of the fact that they also had one of the best offensive lines in the history of the nfl yes. i think it was like called the great wall of dallas or something like that mm-hmm. uh and, and they had the a white all house sorts of,
1: after the game too
2: they had a, they had a great <laughs> party house. house too and the white house was with, popping off after the game working too. with uncle irv on thursday (laughs) night football for three and a half years i got to hear lots of great stories about the white house uh and all of them are not able to be repeated on the top So the
1: fact that they were doing that and then coming into games and still kicking ass tells you how good that team was this just (laughs) in joe will not be vying for a spot on undisputed next year not interested thank you you can pay me 700
2: million and i would not go on that show to listen to that crack of shit coming out of his mouth every day Um, (laughs) Wow. This is where However, I would have a flex ball. a great job making a lot of money. Man, this is not the official podcast
1: of Skip Bayless. Skip, I want to nope. be very clear. That is Joe. And if you are giving me <laughs> $700 million and a seat, yes. please feel free to reach out to my representation. Juju. Thank you. You feel me? Dallas Cowboys,
4: great to take. I, I I do not think that if you lose to the Arizona Cardinals, you have a right to say that sentence done. in, in the real world. But I'm going to side with Jerry right now. Dare I say Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, the receivers on the line. They balling. They balling. Like, this is 2024 almost now. And mm-hmm. I feel like just the practices are different. The route running is different. I feel like the DBs different. They got Gilly back there. They got a lot of uh-huh. – I feel like you put this Dallas Cowboy team up against Troy Aitman and them, dare I say, yeah. they might win 28 to. 27.
1: Okay, I'm not exactly sure what you're even trying to say, Judy. To be honest with you, nobody ever is—not <laughs> even me most of the time. And so, all right. Like-minded. So you're gonna get what's the
4: grade? I give it a I give it an A plus take because we're Damn, talking about what? on the Tomahawk wow.
2: Show. This is the Tomahawk. Now Joe's gonna leave our show uh, because you no. Know. You know. No, no, I, the I, I understand what Juju's saying. That he made it so outrageous that right. everybody's talking about it. Yeah, now. so it wins. Uh, so okay. he won. Like he, he wins. Like if you are in media and you say something that people repeat and talk about it and digest and yeah. dissect, and even if it everybody disagrees, like they're still talking about you. They're talking about your show, and they're going to tune in to hate. On you and your next take. Yeah, right,
4: like Pac-Man. They go out this way and damn, it became a good take. If it come out the other
1: way, it's, it's, it's blue now with a ghost. <laughs> with a ghost. All right, what we got next, Nat?
4: All right, On speaking
0: of people who just give hot takes all the time, on <laughs> first take, Stephen A. Smith advised the Jets QB Aaron Rodgers that he's being stupid for returning to play this season. Yeah. The direct quote said, you're playing for nothing. What are we doing? Stay your ass home. Go on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday. It's a stupid thing to do. Sit your ass home. Man. Grade the tape.
2: Man. Uh Joe, I'll give it to you first. <laughs> I'm gonna give off. the take an F because last what? time I checked, it's not Dr. Stephen A. Smith. And so wow. he has no idea outside of just watching other players come back from Achilles tendon injuries, Mm -hmm. what it takes to come back from that type of an injury. He's never had it. As far as I know, he's not a doctor who's performed the surgeries. He's not medically up to date on all the modern medicine and the things that they're potentially (laughs) doing right now to get people back from (laughs) Achilles tendon surgeries. And he doesn't even really know for sure. If the Achilles tendon was completely torn, which Mm. from what I understand from the doctors that I've talked to actually affects how quickly you can rehab it. And so, for a player to have it in his mind to try to come back as fast as possible, even if he doesn't come back at that time, is a good thing because you're going to push yourself into your rehab. Mm -hmm. You're going to be around your team. You're going to not give up on the season. And I think it's going to give motivation to your teammates, the players around you, the quarterback that's playing for you. And so all around, it's a great situation that Aaron Rodgers has put himself in by saying he wants to come back this season. And who is Stephen A. Smith to tell him that that's dumb and that's stupid for even – trying nice. to come
1: back during this season. He's literally the most popular person in sports. So all right, cross first take off the list too. So basically, if Tomahawk, <laughs> well, you can't doesn't disagree become, with
2: him. I think that's what he wants.
1: I know, but it's like you you take like you go ham, bro. Right. You you give, you venture into I never want to work with you ever.
2: No. I right, yeah, don't work wax. with
1: Steven A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he, he puts easy. Maybe not Skip crosses his line line in the sand with authority. I think it's an A-plus take, because honestly, what the hell are you coming back for? I get what you're saying, Joe. Yes, motivate the other people, but from a business perspective, if I'm the Jets, and I've already gone in as heavily as I I have, this year is a wash. Let's try to get something out of next year and make sure you're fully healthy. And... If you're Aaron Rodgers, and I can't remember what portion of his deal was guaranteed. Was it fully guaranteed? I don't know if it's fully guaranteed for b- both of the years. Yeah. But if you come back again this year and you get hurt, yeah, if I'm oh the Jets, God. I'm like, okay, I'm not bringing you back next right. year. Because you clearly did. you're old. You're 39. And tearing at Achilles is unfortunately what happens right. when you try to play professional football and look, as a 40-year-old. So, you know, $75 million guaranteed. So maybe he, Aaron doesn't care because he's going to get his money no matter what. But if I'm the Jets... I'm like, no, man, just just relax. We'll come back next year, yeah, and you know, sure. let's get as healthy as we can as a 40-year-old man, Juju.
4: Yeah, I'm telling him that. I've I, I, I been giving him incentives not to come back. Like, hey, right. brother, you like table dances? <laughs> like, what, what, what do we got to do for you, brother? You like the club? Whatever we got to do for you to sit down till next year, let Zach get his – uh, because Zach got confidence right yeah. now. That's – I mean – uh, that's just rare. Breaking news: Zach looked good yesterday. Mm. Let him earn his way onto a, a backup squad next year.
1: Let us figure out a trade partner. <laughs> you like, feel let's me? Like... just come in and help him so we can trade him and get something right. in return. I completely agree. Um, and also, if he likes Louis Vuitton bags, we are the official podcast of <laughs> Louis Vuitton bags like... that look damn near identical. <laughs> right. One, one for one. Nat, what do we get next?
0: All right. So Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey have now been seeing each other for about three and a half months. Mm. Kelsey flew out to see her on tour in Argentina, and she met the family and has gone to a few games. I feel like she's gone to every game, but she was recently quoted saying, football is awesome. It turns out I've been missing out my whole life. Grade the take. How honest is this comment? Because to me, it's giving Hawk was right about the Taylor Swift conspiracy from Mm. our earlier episode. Episodes.
1: Yeah, I would say F. F take because baseball is awesome. <laughs> That's what she's been missing out. Hey she- she- Otani side $700 million. That's awesome, Joe. The-, the take is an F. F take for Taylor. <laughs> I love football face. too, but the- we see where the money is, Joe.
2: So now we can't go on the Kelsey's podcast yeah. and we can't be friends <laughs> with Taylor I'm with, on it. So my it. daughters are never going to forgive us now. Uh, we've made this podcast completely obsolete. Um, But I do believe with you, like I'm with you, like if she loved football, it's not like football didn't exist in her life until she started dating Travis Kelsey. I'm pretty sure growing up in America, she would have had an opportunity to see football maybe in high school, maybe when she was in her college years, she had some friends that may have gone to a football game. And in the NFL, it's not like the NFL is uh, vanished from popular culture. Like it is the most popular entertainment outside of Taylor Swift. Uh, in America, by a long <laughs> shot, by the <laughs> way, like right. 100 million people watch the Super Bowl every year. And I'm sure that she's noticed, uh, hey, there's some famous people that sing at the Super Bowl. So I, I do not believe for one second that she is just all of a sudden falling in love with football. Uh, and I'm starting to believe Hawks conspiracy theory. Hell, it feels hell
4: it. Nah, hell football nah. Illuminati. No, this is a
2: consorted effort. She, They know
1: what they're doing. All right. I'll kick it to you real quick, Juju. Bruh. Percentages. What is the percentage that okay. Taylor Swift is the Super Bowl performer of next year's halftime show? Right now,
4: Look, that's above my pay grade, Nat, just, bro. Nat, give me a percentage. <laughs> Nat, what it is the percentage nervous.
1: you think?
0: Okay, well, if they're broken up, she's not doing it. But if they're still together, she'll be the halftime performer. Tell them that.
1: So percentages. Give me a percent of you think okay. that Taylor Swift uh, will I would be the. Say,
0: I'm gonna say there's a 65 percent chance.
1: 85. Sixty-five. Sixty-five. That's still crazy high, Joe. Yeah. Percentage.
2: I think sixty percent, and I want to have everybody vote to see if they think they'll still be together at what? by the twenty twenty-five Super Bowl. Today. This
4: is disgusting. She's a billionaire. This is love. We, these people are in love. These. She said, <laughs> "You know what? You guys are right. Football is awesome, and y'all shooting her down. That's okay, unfair." Okay,
2: I think, I think crazy. that
4: she's She's saying football is. Of course, football is awesome when you're dating
0: one of the best players in the game, and you get to Thank sit, you. and sit in a box every game and yes, go. Right.
4: Up to it's not the her locker fault. She's a baller. Yeah, football
0: is awesome. <laughs> it's not her
4: fault. She's amazing. It's not her fault. She cared about her career so much that she didn't see nothing until now. She saw music career. She saw dance moves. She saw shake it off moves. She didn't care about none of that until now. She see oh. It's football. Who was that in the red jersey, number 15? Oh, what's his name, Patrick Mahomes? Okay, I like how he's slanging that thing. What? what what's wrong Whoa. with uh, Whoa. coming
1: Whoa to the Whoa! Now, light. this is a this is a family You're show. You're right. You're right. Nat, I'm sorry. What is the next one we got here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, the next the next one we have. Shifting gears. When asked about how many people he put in concussion protocol during his legendary NFL career, Lawrence Taylor said you got to understand, not everybody is meant to live. Mm. I go out to kill somebody. Not everybody is meant to live. Joe, grade the tape.
2: I give LT an A-plus here because that's exactly how (laughs) he played the game. He didn't care about nobody. He didn't care about his teammates. He was the guy that was out until Sunday morning. They had to chase him and bring him in from the bars. Mm. And all they did is they said, hey, go kill the quarterback. And that's all he had to know. And he was really fucking good at it.
1: Is it not a fact? Is it not a fact, Juju? You over here with all the theatrics. I think it's also an A plus take. Listen, I tell everybody we've said this on this show previously: to play in the NFL,
4: yeah, you're right,
1: you have to be wired completely different. I am telling you, if you know somebody who's played in the NFL for a considerable amount of time, they are not wired like other humans. Yeah, I promise you. I'm telling you, I've had to like turn this off in places because I, I would play <laughs> against Ray Lewis, I would play against Ed Reed, and everybody's like, "You scared?" I'm like, "Scared." I would be pacing up and down the sideline like, God damn, you got dealt the wrong hand today, Dre Lewis.
4: Yeah, right, and in my right. mind,
1: I truly and genuinely believed it. And I'm like, if you want a problem, yeah. God damn it, I want the same thing. So Lawrence Taylor has never turned that switch off. Yeah. And I fucking love every minute of it.
4: Yeah, I feel you, bro. It's just hard to hear. This is an A take, but Taylor Swift saying football is amazing. That's an F take.
1: What the hell is this is, they're actually the same take. This is us showing the work.
3: So okay. this is Taylor Swift <laughs>
1: gave the answer. Lawrence Taylor showed the work. He showed the, and <laughs> so that's, that's how he got the that's how he got the high the high grade. Uh, <laughs> all Tuesday. right, I think that does it for this episode of Tomahawk. <laughs> we had a blast today, a lot of fun. Shout out to all the members of the Tomahawk Flock. You make this possible. Shout out to Metal Ark Media and the DraftKings Network. We will be back next week, same time, same place. And until then, make sure you watch out for those people selling fake Louis Vuitton bags.
2: Uh, <laughs> Joe, take us out, please. Yeah, watch out for the browns media they like selling fake Louis Vuittons <laughs> to the players and the players are so dumb they buy it They're idiots so you know what browns players that are that stupid you need to go joe hawk yourself <laughs>